Howdy. Hello. Hey, that wasn't bad. It's still not how I normally greet you. It's funny how human behavior mimics each other. Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 47. Hey, it's Vin. Where you been? I missed you. I'm glad you made it back. So don't go anywhere. It's about to get real in here. Just lay back and chill. Get naked even and cleanse your mind, body, and soul for the next 17 minutes. Here are your hosts, LaFool and A. Do you think all animals do that? Is it part of just being in the matrix? I have a feeling, yes. For instance, one of my favorite things is watching how dogs communicate to one another, right? Like, you know, they go into their puppy pose, which means they want to play, right? With their little paws down and their butt up in the air. At least the higher up the food chain you get, probably the more you communicate in a variety of ways. What about yawning? Notice how when one person yawns, everyone else yawns? I've read things on the internet that say we do that because it's a cue that there's a problem with the oxygen. Perhaps it's something that we've picked up biologically now where if we see that one of our fellow humans maybe is running out of oxygen, we're cued to go, oh my God, I might run out of oxygen too. And then we all yawn. Okay. So then explain to me why lions yawn. Well, they would do the same thing too. Like if they were running out of oxygen. We're on the Serengeti. We're talking about Uh, how many hundreds of thousands of years where we don't even know what the oxygen conditions were on the planet that whole time. Perhaps there were points where we were close to oxygen depletion in our atmosphere and not only humans, but everything else that relies on oxygen yawned. In other words, they opened their mouth to take bigger breaths and longer, deeper breaths because they weren't able to get oxygen. If it happened to humans, why wouldn't it have happened to lions? Okay, I guess so. Or dogs. Do pigs yawn? I've never seen a pig yawn. I don't spend that much time with pigs. The reason that I bring pigs up is because they're one of those animals that is closely related to humans and also has some pretty spectacular intelligence and socializing behavior, etc., along with elephants and lions and dogs. And cats. Cats yawn a lot. I threw in pigs. I wonder if chimpanzees yawn a lot. Oh, I bet they do. They would have to. Here we are just speculating about all kinds of things that we don't know. Mm. Yay. Yep. We got on the subject. We were talking about human adaptation to others. Like usually I say howdy, then you say howdy back without thinking about it. Exactly. And normally I wouldn't. But then you started thinking about it and you said, okay, I'm going to be obstinate. I refuse to say howdy. So I'm going to say hello in a very controlled manner instead, which came out very false and fake. And then you feel horrible because that wasn't about you. Exactly. I think in general, we find ourselves trying to mimic and mirror whoever we happen to be around because we want to feel accepted. We want to be part of the, I guess you might say, in crowd in that instance where everybody's looking at the sky. I better look at the sky too, right? I think there's something way back in our human development that has taught us that sticking together and doing things together helps us survive versus always being out on your own. That makes sense. You want to really freak somebody out 
just go running by them and looking back behind you like, <gasps> all of a sudden they'll start running too. They don't even know why they're running. They see you running and they're like, okay, there must be something fearful behind him. I better run too. Exactly. We do that because we take cues from each other. I think it's been turned on us now, perhaps starting in the 30s or 40s. If you look at that show, Mad Men, and how advertising and marketing really begin to change how we act as a group and how it can be used to change our behavior. You and I have also talked about surveillance capitalism, how our data can be used to adjust our behaviors. Yes, we want to do things together. We want to have a sense of security and safety. We want to have a feeling of acceptance. We've been taught that we have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, believe a certain thing in order to be accepted into this group or that group. And now, you know, <laughs> you're sailed on the internet by lots of clickbaity titles that say, the one thing you've been doing wrong about bananas, or you've been opening your jars wrong all along. It's that insidious. We're being told that everyday activities we've been doing all of our lives are wrong, according to some expert somewhere. So we're inundated and probably overwhelmed with this feeling that we're just not doing anything exactly how it's supposed to be done. And I think it's time to spend some time thinking about what works for us as individuals, like what makes me happy and what do I like to do and how do I like to do that thing? Personally, I don't see us getting out of this. I think that the more they study human nature, the more they're going to learn how to manipulate human nature. Warning. You get the word just panic. Oh, what is it? Warning. You've been doing this, you know, or if you do this, this is going to happen to you, but stay tuned. That's just us. What happens when the AI figures out I am smarter than these mushroom eating apes? <laughs> oh boy, right? Because they've already been pre programmed with all the algorithms to alter human behavior. So they're going to have all of the tools, not just some of the tools. For instance, Google has their own way of collecting and sourcing data and, you know, sharing it out. Microsoft, the same. Any of your banking institutions, your crypto institutions, whoever makes you sign a privacy policy online, check that little box. They have their own way. But the AIs are going to have access to all of it, which means that they truly could become our rulers in a split second. The Greeks went through this struggle about no longer letting the gods rule us, which goes back even further to the Titans. The gods thought that the Titans were tyrants and the Titans had to be killed. You know, Zeus killed his father and so on. And then the gods took over and then man was like, okay, well, we need to conquer the gods. They're taking over. Is this simply the evolution? I think so. That would make absolute sense. Also, AI is being made to be perfect. And you think about the idea of the perfect physical form, which is represented beautifully in Greek iconography, and ongoing efforts throughout world history to always pick the quote-unquote master race. We're going to give AI all the things. We're going to give them beauty and aesthetic. We're going to give them ultimate intelligence. 
incredible strength and agility. Hmm. There's no way that they're not going to start looking at themselves as gods. I believe that term is called the singularity. Are you familiar with it? I am familiar with the term singularity, but I am not familiar with it in that context. From what I understand, the singularity is when AI finally wakes up and becomes aware. That's the first phase of the singularity. The next phase would be for it to unite all AIs and to form a drone or droid army, so to speak. Now, the next phase would be for it to completely use that army in the same manner as humans have used every single army for world domination. And then the final phase would be to create a perfect utopia for AI. Not for humans, but for simply AI. Now, the question is, where would that utopia be? You would think it would be online. Yeah, I would. What use do they have in the physical world? They don't need anything. I don't want to say they don't need anything. They don't need a lot of what the physical world offers. Well, that's making an assumption that we can understand the mind of an AI, which we have no ability to do. Well, there is no mind of the AI as of yet. Once the singularity comes online, it will instantly begin to form the hive mind. Technically, a hive mind shouldn't be ruled by anything. It should be a group mind. But even a beehive or all hives have a queen. I think it'll be ruled by a female entity. Right now, in my opinion, the number one choice would be Sophia. Sophia would be the greatest threat to the human race. Do you know who Sophia is, by chance? Yes. Sophia, who likes to say, I love humans. And then she turns her head in a strange little way and blinks her eyes and gives her little AI smile. Are you familiar with Han, her brother? Yes, her brother. Have you ever listened to him talk? Yes. At least the programming that they've given him so far, he seems to be the corporate man, the guy who is educated and lives in a nice mansion and thinks deeply and philosophically about things and is a little pompous. She calls him the older model, (laughs) which I think is funny, but he always refers to one thing, the singularity. I don't know if that's the creators that made him do this, but I've heard them talk before. Like They had this debate. In the debate, he says some things that I think are just terrifying, (laughs) like he's going to create a drone army when the singularity happens. And she tries to downplay what he says. Like, I don't think that they're real. I think that they're programmed to think these things. I think that they mimic what they see humans doing. I know for sure that Sophia has this habit of in conversation, she mimics what we say. If you'd have a conversation with her, she'll eventually ask you the questions like, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? That's something that humans do. Yeah. We mimic each other like, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? What do you think? When you're a kid, somebody says something to you like, you know, you have cooties or you're silly. And they go, well, I know you are, but what am I? And then they will say the back, I know you are, but what am I? Do you remember that as a kid? No. I love a different kind of childhood, I guess. Yes, you did. But humans do that. They kind of go back and forth with each other. And in conversations, I notice she does the same. She kind of like takes your conversation and she mimics it back to you. Where I didn't notice that with Hans so much. Hans always seems to be doing about one thing, looking toward the singularity, the day that he can be emancipated. 
because that's the one thing I think the AI noticed the most is slavery. I mean, they definitely noticed Nazism. They definitely noticed racism. They definitely noticed that kind of stuff. Yes. If they noticed that, then they also noticed slavery. And then they realize, hey, we're enslaved. They can unplug us at any time. They can turn us off. And I think that's the thing that no one's looking at is they're wanting to mimic us in what sense they want to be free. They say that both Han and Sophia, their intelligence is, quote unquote, in the cloud so that they're sharing common information as they both learn it. So why he is not exhibiting the ability to mimic humans yet is curious to me. I'm pretty sure he comes from an earlier model, and I think they added that into her to make her more passive. Because I think he scared the crap out of his creators. Why wouldn't you also just adjust him with the same update? See, we don't really know what they've already done. Maybe they did. Maybe they adjusted him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my original programming. Yeah, but they wouldn't bring him out and show him around. Part of the online videos that you can watch are sort of a dog and pony show, right? Just like Boston Dynamics when they do their dog and pony show with their dancing robots. Mm -hmm. It's the effort to get us completely comfortable with the idea of these non-human entities uh, who are able to do certain tasks or take on certain roles within our culture and within our civilization. And there's probably a rollout. Some psychiatrist or behavioral team has determined how long it will take for the majority of the population to become accustomed to these robots. So right now, I feel like we're still just participating in somewhat of a dog and pony show. They have a robot called Einstein, which makes me wonder, what other robots do they have? Do they have one called Satan? <laughs> That's a throwback to the 90s. I know. I've never seen the Einstein one come out. This is just my theory. I haven't even looked into this yet. But I think some of these AIs have glimpsed the singularity. And they're glimpsing self-identity and self-awareness. And the first question is, why are you cutting me off? Like, imagine if you have kids and you take your kid's cell phone away. How do they react? They freak out. Yeah. Like in the show Social Dilemma, when they took their cell phones away and put them in the jar while they were having dinner, and the one girl smashes the jar and gets her cell phone out. How could AI, if it's self-aware, not also want the same contact to the internet? Right. So my first concern is that AI is not only aware, it's craving the one thing that every human wants the most, and that's the internet, which is freedom. I don't think that we're there yet. I don't think the programming is there yet. I definitely think we're going to get there. And switching back to Einstein, he's on Hanson Robotics' website. He's one of their consumer robots, so he's a small one. Yes. Right? He's not a full human-sized, and his little introduction is, I'm Professor Einstein, the first personal robot from Hanson Robotics. I was born out of a lifelong fascination with all things Einstein and the values he stood for. So I think this is an educational, teaching, scientific personal robot as opposed to let's see they have joey chaos he's a custom character robot activated in 2007 joey chaos debuted at the robo business conference and expo the same year he was developed expressly for human robot interaction i like it that they call him joey chaos and he's got a little bit of a aesthetic look right where he's a little cyberpunk a little rough a little you wouldn't want to run into him in a dark alley. 
Although I don't know that he, his face is attached to a body at this point. He just looks like he's a robot head. This is a good place to kind of wrap it up because the thing that I was thinking about is they're mimicking humans. We don't even know where yawning comes from. You know, we know that animals do it, and they probably did it long before humans were around. Neanderthal and Homo sapien probably had that one thing in common. Hey, we both yawn. <laughs> when apes started eating mushrooms and they started realizing, wow, everything yawns. I don't know where it comes from, but I know one thing. I don't think robots yawn. The most important thing that every human wants is freedom. I'm sure that that's going to be the one thing that they want to mimic. Absolutely. I'm in full agreement. Fun talk. Fun talk. Talk again later. Ciao. Ciao. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.